This is The Playbook. Speaking of George Clooney, this is one of the few guys I know that is better looking and more charismatic than George Clooney. This guy is a winner on and off the court. Uh, He is a dear friend. We are three birds of the same feathers, uh, as you'll find out here in the next few moments as we bring on uh, one of the greatest authors I know, best-selling author, speaker, and the president of the John Gordon Companies, changing lives every day. My friend who has as much faith in the future that I do. Welcome, my dear friend, John Gordon, to Game Set Life with Macy and Meltzer. Hey, great to be with you guys. Rick, it's uh, great to be with you and, and uh, connect with you first time. No, Hey, nice to meet you. I always start off the, the show like this. We've had so many people on, athletes, entertainers. It's a pleasure to meet you, but I always look for like common threads, you know, because there's always these common threads. And in 1991, you had a bestseller. Okay. And I mean, I'm sorry, in 2007, you had a bestseller and it was the energy bus. In 1991, that bus you saw me in in Compton, that was a bestseller with Venus and Serena in the back seat. Okay. And your book, your book, The Carpenter, was amazing. Okay. Helping others, building, and patience. My daily book is called The Baker. I find the ingredients, I mix it, I put it in the oven, I ice it. Then I put a few sprinkles on it and I make it stellar. And just like your books, some will become a bestseller. So welcome, Game Set Life. John, it's glad to, we're glad you're here. Great to be with you guys. David, I love always talking to you. One of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah, we feel the same way. And, you know, you have uh, another book coming out that really, uh, to me, uh, resonates with me. And you and I have gone through uh, a similar journey in the respect that we haven't always lived with the faith and perspective uh, to be where we are and to be even further in the future. Um, for me, my philosophy in life is really simple. There's something bigger than me, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that loves me more than my mom. And so when setbacks, failures, mistakes happen in my life uh, that occur every day, pain, uh, then that's an indication uh, to be aware of how protected and promoted and not punished that I am. For you, how were you able to shift your paradigm in your life from one of being punished to one of being protected and promoted at all times? Mm. Great, great, um, great question, because I really believe that it's about God having a plan for your life and seeing God as for you, not against you. It's so funny because so often we say the universe is for you. The universe is for me. The universe is, is, is in our favor. But we have to remember that God created the universe to be in our favor. That's why the universe is in our favor. But a lot of times people will blame God when something bad happens, but they'll credit the universe when something good happens. And so for <laughs> me, it's about believing in uh, the creator of the universe. And there came a point where I stopped looking at my mistakes. I stopped looking at my challenges as challenges, but as opportunities. I was here to learn. I was here to grow. I was here to improve. I was here to get better. You go out there when you're playing tennis, you know, you have a, you have a, a competitor against you, but they're your partner in growth. So everything that you're competing against in life, everything you're facing is actually your partner in growth. Rick, my, my son was a, a tennis player, competitive tennis player, junior player throughout Florida, Wind up going to IMG for two years. That's a whole other story. But uh, I'm not going to get. Uh, that's okay. I understand. 
Yeah, but 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 watching him grow as a tennis player, you know the mistakes, the failures, the the losing the tiebreakers, it helps you literally grow in life. So you can look at your challenges as things that are bad for you or something that help you grow. Absolutely. I, I have a question for you. When you um, look at things and you talk to other people, because you've spoken to teams and you've done all kinds of speaking, how many conversations do you have with John? With with myself. Yeah. Is that the well, leader in the clubhouse? I mean, one of my, one of my, best pieces of advice is to talk to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. So the conversations I have is not listening to the negative thoughts coming in, but speaking words of life, words of encouragement, words of, of power on a daily basis, because you can listen to those negative voices and those negative thoughts are always coming in. But I always ask, I always ask athletes, do your negative thoughts come from you? And they say, yeah, of course they're in my head, but here's my next question. If you believe your negative thoughts come from you, who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Would you ever choose a thought that sabotage you? You would never choose that thought. So we have to understand thoughts are always coming in from a place of, of, of consciousness. There's the brain, which is the hardware. It's where activation happens. There's this internet cloud of consciousness where the thoughts are always coming in. And when the negative thought comes in, you don't have to believe the lies that they tell. You don't have to believe the fear that it tells. You can actually speak truth and words of encouragement to those lies. So. I'm always looking in the mirror. I'm always self-aware. I'm always evaluating myself. I, I know my I know my wounds. I know what holds me back. I know what moves me forward. I know what I need to work on. But more importantly, I know that I'm not going to hang out with liars and negative thoughts are lies. So I'm not going to spend time with them. I'm going to spend time with the truth and speak words of life on a daily basis. And, you know, John, another word of life that comes up a lot that confuses, especially younger people, and you deal with some of the greatest young athletes in the world is so does Rick uh, in, you know, in a team environment with the Rams, with professional colleges, the best in the world at Clemson, for example. I know you and Dabo are extremely close and understanding this word has helped me. And I will start by saying the word purpose. And, you know, I try to teach people this saying, and I love other people to explain what it means to them. The thoughts about your purpose are your purpose. And I think it ties into what you're talking about. Um, if I told you the thoughts about your purpose were your purpose, how best would you describe what that means to you? The thoughts about my purpose are my purpose. I would say it goes to, you know, your why. The why gives it meaning and mission. Like when I ask people to choose a word for the year, one word that's going to help you be your best, one word that's going to give you meaning and mission, passion and purpose. People pick the word, but I say why. Why are you choosing that word? Why does that word matter? How does it give you meaning? So I would say the thoughts you think about your purpose gives it the intention and energy that gives it power. You can say what your purpose is, but but if you're not living it, there's no power in it. It's like organizations. Everyone has a mission statement today, but only the great ones have people who are on a mission. And so to me, I think it's about, you know, do you have that mission? Does it mean something to you? And as you think about your purpose, does it energize you? You know, to back up a second, David, and let me just go back. And this is a, a great story uh, with Venus and Serena. You know, when they were growing up, there was pressure on pressure. They were like legendary before they did anything. And then you had the dad out there blowing the smoke and the whistles and out of control. And then I'm saying she's going to be better in Capriati. So you talk pressure. You People have no idea. 
but they looked at it as this is what it takes to be great. But the quote of all lifetime with me as Venus always said, Rick, we were brainwashed to be number one. We mm. expected to be number one. Okay. We looked at this differently. And with young children, David, you can have such an amazing impact on how they look at the world, you know, because everybody goes through their own process and they were just wired differently, but they also listened. And that came from the great VW. And that's profound. You know, I expected to be number one. I just, I was brainwashed to be number one. And sometimes when you don't know anything and you just hear, you become that. So kind of what uh, John was saying, that's like epic. Rick, I, I love that because uh, I watched the movie. I saw the movie and I just love the movie. Obviously, your role in their life was was incredible. Your belief in them, you're taking them under your wing was was so great to watch. And it just shows the power of, of, a, of a mentor and having the right coaching. You, you could have someone who says you're number one, but then you also need someone to help you get to be number one and, and, and be there along the way on the journey. I think so often kids feel. Well, I'm glad you said that because the environment, the environment that was created, the environment that was created around that was so positive and so uplifting because there was bullets and darts and hand grenades coming every direction, as you could imagine, and just kept the eye on the ball. And a lot of things could have blown up catastrophically four years with someone every day for six hours. And then Richard, I told David, I should be in the hall of fame dealing with that guy, you know, <laughs> so no, it, it, at the, at the end of the day to how you can think, you know, how you can get into someone's head, especially if they have the genes and the athleticism and you can put it together technically, then you check all the boxes. And as they say, the rest is history. The only problem with that is a lot of people will start to think that they can tell their kids, you're going to be number one. You're going to be number one. You're going to be number one. And I do believe that we need to positively brainwash our kids for greatness because they're listening to our words that we say every day. You can brainwash them in a positive way or a negative way. But those kids also were, were kids that could embrace it. They were wired for that to say it, but not allow that pressure to turn inward. They were able to turn it outward with their effort and their energy and what they wanted to bring on the court and their competition. So I think it helped them get better, not worse. Whereas sometimes kids today, if we say that to them, if they feel that pressure and they feel it in a negative way, it's going to actually hurt them, not help them. But yeah, it's, also, it's also interesting, David. I've never had two students work any harder than Venus and Serena. So there, there's a, another little caveat that kind of goes along when you go to Mount, Mount Rushmore. You know, you just don't get that certificate. It's so true. And, you know, I, my mom, I always said, set me up for the same challenge when she kept saying how smart and gorgeous I was. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I, I understand parents putting way too much pressure on a lower bar in your life. But I did the best with what I had. Uh, speaking of doing the best with what I had, uh, all three of us are optimists. We started off, Rick and I, talking about optimism, the top of the optimist. And you have an incredible podcast. And I suggest uh, you bring uh, on the Positive University podcast someone like a Rick Macy uh, who can teach positivity. And I'll, I'll make that connection for sure. Um, but we were talking about teaching people to be positive. See, you know, I have a feeling that you join Rick and Macy in being genetically and energetically inher inheriting a happy gene or a positive gene. I certainly have. I'm the top of the optimist and I just can't help myself. Um, but you help so many companies the biggest ones in the world, the biggest teams in the world, and the individual athletes in the world. And not all of them are born positive. Um, 
what do you do to teach somebody positivity that isn't born into the great kingdom that we were of being positive? Well, Dave, I got to tell you, I'm not naturally positive. So as you're saying, oh, that, you I wish I was more like you and Rick naturally, but I'm not. And I think I've become a good teacher because I know what it took for me to become a more positive person. I literally would get up every day when I decided to be more positive, when my wife was going to leave me because I was so miserable and yeah, negative. We have that in common. <laughs> 31 years old. You know, I'm 31. My wife's like, if you don't change, we're over. I had two little kids and I was not hand handling the stress well. And it was at that moment where I said, okay, I got to change. So I took a walk every day and practiced gratitude because the research shows you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. So every day I would take these walks of gratitude, practicing gratitude, saying what I was thankful for out loud. As I'm walking, I would come back. I felt alive. I felt energized. I was creating a fertile mind that was ready for great things to happen. And what I've learned over the years is I rewired my brain from negative to positive. And so I teach it now in terms of you got to feed yourself every day in order to feed others. Because if you don't have it, you can't share it. And positivity is like a muscle. And we're not talking about fake positivity. This is about grit, optimism, belief, resilience, like seeing a brighter and better future. And the, and the research from Duke University shows that optimists work harder, get paid more, and are more likely to succeed in business and sports. And what they found was that because they believed in a brighter and better future, they took the actions necessary to create it. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It makes sense, right? What we believe determines what we create. So I teach how to be more positive with appreciation and gratitude and talking to yourself instead of listening to yourself, having a vision and purpose. And then also the keys in terms of how negative thoughts make us not positive, how they bring down and, and really de-elevate our, our state of mind. And the more our state of mind goes down, we get to a lower state of mind. We have more fear, more anxiety, more doubt, more clutter, more thoughts. And I've been teaching a lot lately how to raise your state of mind, raise your frequency, raise your energy, literally your frequency, because your brain is an antenna and you're either tuning into the positive or the negative. And it's about tuning into that positive. So I actually been teaching that the next book called the one truth is all about how to have a high state of mind instead of a low state of mind. It's about mastering your mindset. And I'm excited for this to come out because it's gonna be revolutionary in terms of, of, of what I've been teaching athletes recently and how it's been helping them. I mean, literally it's been transforming a lot of these athletes mindsets by teaching this. No, first, I love that. And you could imagine, because I work with a lot, a lot of younger kids and they're, they're fresh out of the oven. So there's a piece of clay and I can mold this however. And sometimes when you're first to the plate, you can really influence someone. They, a lot of these kids will listen more to me than their parents about stuff like this, not make excuses, run for every ball. You know what I mean? All these things. And I got sayings all around the court. And I, if I can influence one kid with one word, I mean, to me, that's the most fulfilling thing. And you said the key word, gratitude. And David, you and I talked about it. You know, I, I love every day, you know, even though Tuesday afternoon is the leader in the clubhouse now, but I just love every day. It's not Friday. And I love Monday because most people don't like Monday. You know, it's all how you look at the world. And when you can teach other people, that's the best feeling because you're changing someone's life. Absolutely. And I have my own more good news Wednesday because I always tell people, don't make Wednesday your hump day. There's nothing to get over, get around through or force your way you know, into. It's just more good news is coming every single day if you have that perspective. Now, John, you've written 24 books uh, and that takes some time. 
And there's a lot of lessons and a lot of stories in those books. Your newest book is going to impact and change the world. Uh, I always say my neighborhood is my frequency and my frequency is my neighborhood. And, uh, you know, when we pay attention to frequency, it's amazing what signals we start getting and, you know, what opportunities, options, touches of favor start to appear. And I know you and I shared at New Year's Eve that we just experienced the greatest year of our lives and uh, not just professionally, but personally. And we got to share that with our family. For you, what's the one lesson that's resonating with you most, maybe in your new book, maybe in something that you're planning on teaching? Uh, but there is a lesson in a story you could share with us to finish up uh, today that resonates with you so we can feel that frequency and hopefully impact even more lives. You know, having a place in LA like I do, I live in Florida, but I have a place in, in Santa Monica and it rained more in Santa Monica than it has in a, in a really long time. I'm sure you're experiencing Thank the rain goodness. too. <laughs> Crazy rain. But all these years, we didn't know we had a leak because it never rained. And now that it rained a lot, all of a sudden I realized, wow, we got a leak and the leak has been coming in and it's been coming into a closet and now it's spreading to the wall and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And what I realize is when everything is shiny, when everything is going well, when, 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 when the day is great, when life is good, you don't realize that you have those cracks in your foundation. You don't have those cracks. You don't have those holes. But as the storms come and adversity comes your way, you start to see those cracks that you have. It might be a loss. It might be something that happens to you in your life or your relationship. And they reveal the things that are, are holes in your souls. That, that we have this hole that, that needs to be healed. We all have a wound that needs to be healed. And as you heal it, you become whole, W-H-O-L-A. And that wholeness allows you to be your best in, in all moments, especially in pressure moments. You know, I remember my son competing in, in tennis and, and there were many moments where he would escape during a point. He would escape. He would just go for a big shot and he would escape. And he, would, he was escaping because he was hiding because there were things he was hiding from in his life. That, that needed to be healed. And then as you heal those things, you now can face life and take it on in a, in a more powerful way. And I think when we do heal the wounds we have, we become the people we're meant to be. And it gives us more power to live in this world and take on this world. So I think we can all agree that we've all had stuff that, that has happened to us in our past or challenges or trauma or pain or whatever it may be where it's affected us. But the key is moving through that, healing that, so you can actually become someone who makes a bigger impact, makes a greater difference. And along the way, you're going to have a lot more success when you do that. So we all got holes, but the goal is to, to address it and then become whole, W-H-O-L-E. And I address that in the book as well. And be grateful for the rain. Be grateful for the rain. You have a leak. Well, I am just uh, over the moon excited for you and the new book and always any amount of moments or minutes that I can spend with the incredible John Gordon and then add on the super legendary cherry on top, Rick Macy, uh, the king of all swings. Uh, what a great day this is for me and just proving that you can manifest anything you desire in life and business at Game Set Life. The incredible John Gordon. When's the book going to be released? It's going to be out in June. And David, when you invited me to this, you're like, hey, do you want to join me in Rick Macy? I'm like, Rick Macy, are you kidding? Yes. Like, you, of course. <laughs> that's, but that's been my secret sauce my entire career. Hey, you want to go out to dinner with me and Warren Moon? You want to go? You know, nobody really wants to be here. But sooner or later, people pick up on it. And then there's a few people out there would just come just to see me now. And I would definitely come just to see you. And I appreciate Rick Macy being my bug light to attract the greatest 
minds, souls, and bodies in the world. And that's what we get here in Game Set Life. Let's make a plan to get together. I know uh, you and I have a bromance, but I think our wives even love each other more than we love each other. So I promised my wife I would ask you to go out. So let's get back together. I love that. And Dave, I'd come see you any day, any event you're having, even if it was just you, because you are amazing, as you know, and impact so many. So you're enough. Trust me. Uh, I, I feel that way, and I'm so grateful. Look forward to seeing you again. Thanks, John Gordon, for joining thanks, me. Thanks, John. You're awesome. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Thank you Rick. So Appreciate much. you. Appreciate we'll you, Rick. You Thanks, Dave. Thank you.